Some scholars and church fathers say that Jesus let Lazarus die. And that's what it seems like if you pay attention as you read this gospel passage. As Lazarus was ill and dying at home in Bethany near Jerusalem, Jesus was just a few miles away to the east near the Jordan River. Mary and Martha sent news to Jesus that his friend Lazarus was sick, hoping that he would come. When Jesus got the news, what did he do? Did he drop everything and rush to Lazarus' side to be with him? Did he heal him from a distance? Apparently not. Instead, he, quote, remained for two days in the place where he was. He stayed put, just miles from his dying friend, and, and it seems like he did nothing. No doubt, Mary and Martha were desperate for Jesus to come. They waited and waited. Days passed. Lazarus died. He was buried. Still, Jesus did not come. Only four days after his death did Jesus finally arrive. He was so late that there was already a stench in the tomb. Lazarus was definitely dead. Mary and Martha both greeted Jesus with the same tearful words. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Whether Lazarus was to be raised from the dead or not, how could Jesus let his friends suffer like that? One of the Jews asked the obvious question, referring to last week's gospel reading. Could not the one who opened the eyes of the blind man have done something so that this man would not have died? And the answer, of course, is yes, he could have. He could have healed Lazarus. He could have saved Martha and Mary the pain of watching their brother die, of burying him. Often, I think we identify with Martha and Mary as they waited for Jesus to come. We call on God for help. He seems to ignore our prayers. We pray for health, but we get sick. We pray for work, but people are still unemployed, on and on. You know, God can remove all of these burdens. But he doesn't. It's one of the great mysteries of our faith. The problem of suffering, the problem of evil. It is clear that God allows us to suffer sometimes. And we can't always understand why. Of course, I need to be clear about this. God doesn't cause evil or suffering. And our choosing it, choosing evil, never pleases him. But the Lord does work through it and may allow it when it is good for us or for others in some way. He makes the best of terrible situations, whatever their causes may be. God's ways are not our ways. You may recall how Peter was scolded by Jesus for insisting that Jesus would not be allowed to suffer and die. God's plans are bigger than ours. This requires great humility and trust on our part. That even if we don't understand why, why we have to endure the things that we find difficult, we still trust that God will, in the end, work it all out for the good. The gospel today gives us a perfect example of this. Martha, Mary, Lazarus, maybe they didn't understand why Jesus wasn't helping them. Being absent, though, was Jesus' choice. 
he told his disciples, I am glad for you that I was not there. So he was glad that he wasn't present by Lazarus' side during his illness. Now this sounds crazy to us, but Jesus tells us his reason. So that the witnesses of the miracle of Lazarus's rising from the dead might believe. When Jesus yelled, Lazarus, come out, and the dead man walked out of his tomb, still tied up in the burial clothes, some of the Jews, it says, began to believe in Jesus. And the disciples grew stronger in their faith. I think this has been an obvious theme of the Sunday readings here during Lent. You know, last week we heard the disciples ask Jesus what the blind man did to deserve his blindness. And Jesus replied that neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be made visible in him. Jesus let that man suffer his whole life to that point in blindness so that the witnesses to his miraculous healing would become believers. Likewise, Jesus allowed Lazarus' death so that he could perform not just a healing of an illness, but the even greater miracle of raising him from the dead so that the witnesses might believe. This is how important faith is for Jesus, how important that we have faith. He's willing to, endure, to let others endure hardship so that believers might follow him. This sounds very harsh to us, but, but only because I think we have our priorities mixed up. This is not a lack of love on the part of Jesus. On the contrary, it shows us how much he loves us. He weeps when he sees the painful sorrow of the mourners by Lazarus's tomb. He feels their pain. He joins in their mourning. But there is a deeper purpose, a more important thing, an eternal plan at work here. It is more important in the eyes of God that we believe and are his disciples than that we live our earthly lives in peace, in comfort, in health. Maybe that sounds harsh to us because many of us have forgotten that suffering, while not a good in itself, certainly not, it can have value when it is transformed by God. Things we suffer can be used by God for a greater good, whether it be our own conversion away from sin or the conversion of others around us uh, when they witness the manner in which we carry our crosses. Now, of course, these crosses we carry are never carried alone. If we carry our burdens without God, oh, it leads to despair. It's meaningless. It's only when we carry these crosses with Jesus that they find purpose. Jesus reminded us of this value that suffering can have when he raised Lazarus, and when he healed the blind man. Now, as, as Palm Sunday is approaching next weekend, this, this plot to kill Jesus is unfolding in Jerusalem. And Jesus is about to show us in the most gruesome and dramatic fashion how the terrible suffering of our own cross, of his own cross, excuse me, of his cross, will be used to conquer death once and for all as the events of Holy Week unfold. So this, this holy time of year, this, this greatest drama of redemptive suffering, this high point of the whole year, uh, it's the event we've been preparing for during all of Lent. 
Uh, it's about to begin next week.